0: Welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge-watch, deep-dive, and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Gordes. I'm Damask Cleary. And today we'll be discussing The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Season 1. I said the in front of The Chilling Adventures. That's not the case. It's actually titled just Chilling Adventures It's just chilling. Sabrina. It's just chilling. Not so formal. Netflix and chilling. Um, a couple of things I want to address quickly, or maybe just one thing, if my memory serves me right, are... Uh, we said we were going to do an episode on the video game Life is Strange mm-hmm. last week. That did not happen. It My is, bad. It is coming. <laughs> Damask won't be on it,
1: though. <laughs> I don't have time to be playing video games.
0: It will be. She, we've tried. She's tried.
1: I haven't really tried She's that hard. She's kind of
0: tried. It's I a big investment. I just would rather watch
1: something than... Pl- like, playing stuff feels like work.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little more... Less passive, a little more
1: involved. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like to be fully passive. I like need- to starfish with my media.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is coming, and it will still be with the boys from the, the Dialogue the Options. The boys. The boys from the Dialogue <laughs> Options podcast. I'm a little bit sad you won't be on, because it is I'm a
1: fabulous entertainment, I know.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it is a game that is as a female character, it's questionably has a queer element to it that would be worth discussing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental health issues, et cetera, et cetera. What are you
1: saying? I'm just saying
0: <laughs> I would have appreciated. You're a crazy
1: <laughs> lesbian, Damask, I think you'd be great on the show.
0: I would have appreciated your perspective on it. So, if you ever get around to it, I want to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Sure. I mean, uh, I did pay for it. Maybe I'll. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you went as far as to pay for it, but did Yeah, didn't. I did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be coming, so you can hear uh, my male straight Thoughts on it um, <laughs> for what it's worth. White straight male, who doesn't want to hear from me? Exactly. Uh, I think that was mainly it. What's been happening with you, Damascus? Anything exciting?
1: No, nothing. I, s- I spent the last two days in bed. That was pretty good. Yippee. Much needed sleeping time.
0: Mm. Well, well done you. Thank
1: you.
0: <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Off topic, hot topic.
1: Off topic, hot topic. Ah. That's whatever you were talking about for
0: you. Off Topic Hot Topic is our news and views segment where we get to talk about the headlines of the TV world and discuss the stuff we've been watching that isn't this week's season of television. If you'd like to contribute a topic or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at huntingseasons... Sorry, at huntingscast. I should know that. News in Fuller, nothing. Brian Fuller's doing Nothing. As per these days, (laughs) we dedicate a whole segment to the guy. Can't even show up every week. Mm, Uh, Once
1: again, he fails us all. Fails
0: us again. He's been cancelled from this show. (laughs) Uh, Headlines. There's been a bunch, actually. In the Mm. two weeks since we recorded, uh, way too much has happened. So, I'll try and get through a bunch of this as quickly as I can. Um, A couple of orders in terms of shows that have been ordered to go into production. Uh, Fox has ordered an animated series with Amy Poehler, Rashida Jones, and Wiz Khalifa. Uh, This comes from an A.V. Club article. Amy Poehler and Rashida Jones are set to reunite for Duncanville, a new animated series for Fox created by Poehler and Simpsons producer Mike and Julie Scully. Fox has already ordered 30 episodes. A press release says Duncanville will center around a spectacularly average teenage boy named Duncan, with Poehler playing both him and his high-strung mum, um, who is constantly trying to prevent her son from ruining his life. Uh, How does that sound to you? Interesting.
1: I mean, I'm very interested in stuff that Amy Poehler does. So, sure. Let's a- say yes.
0: Absolutely. Another show that was uh, just getting some casting news. The first Game of Thrones prequel that mm. uh, HBO are making has cast Naomi Watts in the lead role. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> uh, a renewal uh, has happened. BoJack Horseman Season 6 Fuck has yes. been renewed. So that has been renewed for a sixth season, I should Great say. Great
1: news for us all.
0: It is. Uh, not too surprised by that. No confirmation as to when it will arrive, but... We guess around that's September fine. next year. Yeah. As that's long as I know it's
1: coming, that's great.
0: Excellent. Uh, cancellations. It sounds unlikely that we'll be getting any more Arrested Development after the back half of Season 5 releases. Um, in an interview with Seth Myers on the Late Night with Seth Myers podcast, David Cross made it sound pretty unlikely there'll be any more mm. Arrested did Development. Did
1: I watch the latest? I don't even remember. I don't know if
0: you did. I did, I think. I think Maybe I was, I
1: was just incredibly intoxicated that reported
0: time. it back um, because it's not technically... Oh, no, I think you can watch it on Fox here. Did you do uh,
1: that? Probably not, then. Nah.
0: Yeah. Uh, it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> the big one, though, when it comes to cancellations, mm-hmm. after doing two podcasts in two weeks in a row about it. Oh, know. And- the day after we recorded the last podcast about season and at two... at the end of
1: that podcast, we were like, oh, we're definitely going to get another scene. <laughs> how could we not? We
0: would assume we're that... We jinxed it. Okay.
1: This is our fault.
0: American Vandal has been cancelled.
1: I take full responsibility, everyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: Uh, it's hard to know why exactly. We don't... Netflix don't release their ratings numbers. Mm. so We have no idea how many people are watching it. Um, however, Katie Rife at the AV Club does write... The culprit in this particular case is clear. Netflix has begun a long, slow process of withdrawing all of its original series from outside studios. Uh, That Mm. explains the axing of um, Luke Cage, um, as well as the cancellation of All About the Washingtons and Iron Fist. I don't even know what All About the Washingtons is. Um, On that note, American Vandal co-creators Dan Perrault and Tony Yacenda say they've received multiple offers to to revive the series elsewhere for its third season which is already in early stages of development. Didn't know that. That's cool. Given the tribalistic turn, the streaming business seems to be taking at the moment. Don't be surprised if that elsewhere turns out to be CBS All Access. So bad well, We news. won't get it then. That's good to know. Well, I mean, CBS All Access. CBS is what I think Star Trek Discovery streams on in the States, but so we, we get it on might. Netflix here. Oh, so we yeah. might even get it on Netflix true, here. True. Uh, yeah, so that stuff does come through in other ways. Mm,
1: that's well, true because Transparent was Amazon, yes, but we actually get it on Stan here. Yeah, mm, yeah. So
0: yeah. it's it's it, it it can it can get here. Yeah. So hopefully it'll happen, and if it does, or when it does, we will be here to uh, review season three because I want
1: that. Unless something terrible happens to either of us. Yes. Ooh, I've been listening to a lot of true crime. I'm sorry, I don't know where that. Oh came my from. god. <laughs> I'm in a dive place. Move on. Keep going. A
0: couple of quick other headlines. I'll try and keep this quick. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier limited series in the works with Empire Writer Justin Kroll at uh, this. Oh, sorry, with the Empire Writer. This is from Justin Kroll at Variety. Uh, Marvel heroes Falcon and Winter Soldier are teaming up for the, a potential limited series at Disney streaming service. Variety has learned exclusively that Malcolm Spellman, the actual uh, Empire Writer, uh, has been tapped to write a series featuring the two superheroes, which is currently in development at the streamer. Is the first of the proposed Marvel limited series to find a writer. News of the de- development comes after Variety exclusively reported that Marvel and Disney were preparing multiple limited series. We've talked about this before, including mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch and Loki. Uh, yeah. How? Oh, apparently also the budget of these shows expected to be quite larger than the Fuck stuff we've been getting yeah. for Daredevil and the Punisher over at uh, Netflix. That's not surprising. And Kevin Just Feige- for the cast
1: alone, the budget would need to be quite a and it's being
0: it's being produced specifically, I haven't heard this detail before, by Marvel Studios with Kevin Feige, somewhat involved, which is right. really not mm-hmm. that involved, if at all involved, with the Netflix stuff. Yeah. So, uh, are you interested in The Winter Soldier and The Falcon?
1: When you first said that, I was like, not really. Mm. And then I remembered their dynamic with, like, those two and Cap. Yeah. And I quite enjoyed their back and forth. So, maybe I will wear. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch them. Like I said, I'm already pretty much subscribed to this Disney cha- this Disney channel. What what are we calling it? Streaming service. Streaming service, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. What about you?
0: I'm interested. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in sort of what story they're going to tell with these two. Mm -hmm. I have an idea in my mind of what it might be. Mm. It actually makes me think that this might be a low-key spoiler for uh, Avengers 4, but I won't say what that is because people don't want to know that shit. Yeah, I'll tell people off air. But if you know uh, sort of Falcon and... um, uh, Winter Soldier's relationship with some of the Sexual other Avengers, oh, main okay. Avengers, then maybe you'll have an inkling of where that might be going, mm. um, what mantles they might be close to.
1: All right. Well, now you're getting very that's close. I'm going.
0: That, that's enough. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just thinking along those lines. Mm. Uh, if this comes out after Avengers 4, yeah, maybe. Uh, Last bit of news: Breaking Bad movie from creator Vince Gilligan is in the works. This is only a couple of days old. This news Mm. first reported by Adrian Gomez at the Albuquerque Journal. So this is actually a local paper where Albuquerque is, of course, Mm -hmm. where uh, they film and New Mexico. Oh, sorry, yeah,
1: it's Albuquerque. Yeah,
0: sorry, that's right. Um, I know, I know U.S. geography.
1: (laughs) I probably know it better than Australian geography, which is.
0: I mean, watching the polls from the midterms, I'm starting to get a bit of an idea. (laughs) Well, uh, well done, by the way. US uh, mm. got the House of Reps back. Is that how that works? Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Sucks about the Senate, but whatever. We'll that move was on. Expected though. Yeah, ex- indeed. Um, yeah, according to the New York, New Mexico Film Office, the movie Greenbrier will begin production. That might be a uh, might be a code name. Mm-hmm. Uh, will begin production in the Duke City mid-November. In the Duke City, or in Duke City mid-November through early February. So, that's happening real soon, like mm-hmm. tomorrow, basically. Mm-hmm. So, this was a rumor, wasn't confirmed for a while, then a bunch of other people like a Hollywood Reporter and st- stuff started reporting it, and then today, Slash Film has confirmed that the Breaking Bad movie will be a sequel, spoilers for Breaking Bad, following, no, following one of the main characters, I'll say that much. Okay. In case people haven't seen Breaking Bad. Look, well, the news is freaking everywhere about this. Right. No, i because it, it's. No, everywhere. I don't.
1: Whatever. It's all um, over the internet. Just forward a minute if you don't want to know.
0: Yeah, forward thirty seconds if you don't know, want to know how Breaking a minute, Bad ends. It talks a lot. <laughs> the Breaking Bad movie will, will sequel will follow Jesse after the series finale, finale with Aaron Paul to return apparently. So it's like cool. how he escaped from the end of that, and then what he went on to do basically is the idea. Okay,
1: I'm more inclin- now that you said that, I'm more inclined to watch it because I was like, if it's, I can't do Walter White anymore. I can't do it. I could barely do it while we would. Were- I imagine
0: it. he'll still find a way to be uh,
1: in it. No, I don't like a stupid face. I hate flashback
0: him. or the more dream. I, like
1: the further we get away from Breaking Bad, the more I realize I hate it.
0: You hate Breaking Bad. <laughs> I don't
1: hate it, but like, fuck, I will never watch it again. I, I, I did not. I know. I do, It makes me angry just thinking about it. Really? Yeah, it does.
0: <laughs> I I definitely don't hate it. I really want. I just really want to watch Better Call Saul and decide how much I really like this universe. Yeah. People seem to love Better Call Saul. Apparently, a lot of people say it, reckon it's better well, than... Well, people
1: really love Breaking Bad, so...
0: Good point. <laughs> uh, Damask, do you have some off-topic hot topics for us?
1: I do. Um, So, I signed up for Amazon Prime. Oh. Yeah. Because um, I going was for? just like, I was Did hanging get- out with my girlfriend. It was a, like 30-day free trial. That was saying, the free yeah, trial, yeah. 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 Um, and we're like, oh, let's find a movie. We're like on a bunch of the different platforms that we had. I was like, oh, I wonder if this... I can't remember what movie it was. I'm like, I wonder if that one movie is on Amazon Prime. It wasn't. I was like, oh, I might as well just check out this free trial. Why not? Um, it's terrible. <laughs> Why <laughs> um, is it terrible? Is the movie answer. selection is genuinely laughable. They have all um, the Mission
0: Impossibles. <laughs>
1: It's about all they've got. Um, Other than The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, there isn't a whole lot of television I'm interested in. Like I said earlier, Transparent and stuff that's on stand. Like I guess that they've already sold a lot of their properties to other Australian providers perhaps. I don't know, but it's awful. Um, Also, you can't fucking Chromecast. So I feel like I'm living in the dark ages.
0: So how do you watch it?
1: Well, I haven't yet because every time I was like, oh, maybe I could watch that. And then I remember I can't Chromecast and I just give up and go to Netflix. Right. Yeah. So it's not. It hasn't been a great experience. <laughs> Wouldn't give it a rave review at all. I'm like, I know Amazon and Google are like arch nemesis or whatever, but fucking hell, not having the ability to Chromecast is absurd. I mean, I, absurd. I, I
0: have a Ubut TV that cost me two thousand dollars that allows me to watch amazon prime it actually there's a button on my remote there's Mm. one for netflix and there's one for amazon so i have no problem at all i wonder
1: if i can download it on my tv
0: it's possible my big one downstairs but on
1: this like this crappy tv i have in my bedroom that i've had since i was i don't know 20 yeah i've just got the chromecast plugged in the back so i can't do it just
0: plug in by hdmi
1: that's what i'm talking about (laughs) broads You it's need ridiculous. Super
0: convenience.
1: Ugh, I, yeah, I do. I am so lazy. What sort of TV
0: is the one downstairs of interest?
1: Same brand as the one. Oh, up there's here. no chance. No, just, no it's chance. It's, no just, chance. it's no just chance. really new.
0: There's no way you'll get it. Oh, really? I don't think so. I think the app store will support it.
1: Oh. Okay. Depends. Oh, yeah. No, it won't because it's a it's Google Play.
0: Oh, uh, maybe it will then. And maybe we'll. We'll have a look. We'll look later. Okay. This is not good podcasting. <laughs> I do want to say, though...
1: Rod giving me tech advice.
0: Just <laughs> <laughs> Rod's tech corner. Mm. I do want to say, though, uh, just looking at the list of Amazon Prime shows, the Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan show. No interest cool. in that. Man in the High Castle.
1: Actually, because Lauren was telling me about that ages ago. I'm Maybe. Interested in that. Apparently, Maybe. the la-
0: latest season is um, in a post or, or in a current Trump world, it's apparently a little bit more interesting. Quite apt. Quite apt. Mm, okay, all right. Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, that's
1: the only one I'm really excited about.
0: Transparent. Don't have to worry about that one. Yeah. Um, and although
1: I feel weird about watching that now.
0: The Expanse. No. Um, Sneaky Pete. I've heard really good things about that. No, never heard of it. The I want to watch. I've no. heard really good things about Mozart in the Jungle. No. Um, people are raving about Homecoming. No. Uh, there is there's stuff here. like Nothing
1: I'm- that I want to watch. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I w- if I could transfer you my free trial, I would, buddy. Oh, um,
0: uh, Good Omens is coming soon. I want to watch Good Omens. Don't know what it is. That's the new one from, uh, what's his name? Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Right. Um, it's got, Oh, that's uh, right. We spoke about that. Yeah, and it's got uh, David Tennant and um, what's his name? When's Sheen that
1: coming it? out? Is it before 30 days are
0: up? <laughs> <laughs> it actually might be. It might be very, very <laughs> okay. soon. ooh. Yeah. This, I don't know. I reckon... I thinking about coming back to this in like six months and see what you think i reckon we might have watched a few of these shows by then
1: Okay, I know there's one that we're definitely watching. there's not one watch. that we're definitely watching. Um. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see. Here we go. But but the movie yeah, movies are not good.
0: With, Any- with Prime mm. as well though. Do you do you understand the other benefits of having Prime?
1: You get like super fast free delivery or some shit.
0: Yeah. If right. there's a lot of things because Amazon's only arrived in mm. Australia in the last twelve months, and that's how far behind Australia is in the rest of the world, guys. <laughs> um. And so yeah, Amazon Prime you get free, basically one day delivery. Mm-hmm. Um. On a bunch of stuff, which is handy. That's cool. Uh, I get like oh, su- I need a, a costume Twitch for subscription.
1: Saturday. Maybe I'll use Amazon. Yeah, I, I get- don't have any money, Who am I? yeah. Anyway,
0: I got a <laughs> Twitch subscription. Uh, do you use? Do you wouldn't use Twitch at all? You can give a shit about Twitch.
1: I have a Twitch account though.
0: Cool. Well, through that you can subscribe to um, like different channels and stuff, so you can actually give money to creators that way, which is really handy. So I, for instance, love the Easy Allies. I love to subscribe to them and get the benefits of being a scri- subscriber to their Twitch channel. They actually get money from me because of that as well.
1: How? I don't know. It's just at all. a
0: part, a portion of my subscription fee oh. goes to them. Then they actually make a little oh, bit of that, which is cool. I think there might even be mm. games and stuff you get from being a Maybe Twitch. Maybe I'll subscriber. start a
1: Twitch account.
0: Yeah, well,
1: just to make money from people's Amazon <laughs> subscriptions. Is that how it I don't understand yes. how money works? Basically, okay.
0: yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's. I, yeah, they put Avatar and Cora are both
1: on Amazon as okay, well. Okay, that's pretty exciting. You know, like, yeah. there's stuff. All right, all right, okay. The
0: the interface of the app is terrible, though.
1: Oh, it's, it, I it's feel like I've gone back about 10 worst. years. Worst. Yeah, yeah, it's not good.
0: Sorry, go on.
1: Anyway, um, so the next thing is, I read about a new show that's in the works at AMC, which I'm giddily anticipating, called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. <laughs> And this is a delightful riff on Kevin Can Wait, which was Kevin James' latest but very short-lived foray into sitcoms. Uh, The show came under fire after the unceremonious firing of his co-star Erin Hayes. She played his wife, who was killed off, because being the boring killjoy mum character wasn't degrading enough for a talented comedic actress, they had to literally prove that the character was completely disposable. What made the situation truly horrible was that they killed off the character so that they could replace her with Leah Remini, who was James's co-star from the successful King of Queens. It was a kick in the gut for women to be so blatantly told that their character in the family sitcom is so easily replaced with someone more famous. Not surprisingly, ratings dipped after the controversy and the show Good. was subsequently axed. Good. Mm-hmm.
0: That's Karma. what should happen. Justice. Yep.
1: So AMC released a statement about Kevin can fuck himself, saying it aims to expose the secret life of a woman we all grew up watching, The Sitcom Wife, a beauty paired with a less attractive, dismissive, caveman-like husband who gets to be a jerk because she's a nag and he's funny.
0: Nobody loves Deborah. I want to watch this show.
1: Yeah, exactly. That sounds great. Yeah, I think it's such a good idea. It's about fucking time that we start looking closely at that um, because it's ridiculous. Every time I turn on a sitcom like that i get so angry yes so angry anyway the show sounds right up my alley and i hope it's as good as it sounds although don't get your hopes up just yet because amc still needs to green light the series for it to go ahead so they've just like just in the very beginning stages of this
0: you wonder that if they're waiting for often with these things when you hear these announcements this news get out you're wondering if they're waiting for the reaction to it that's what's happening and whether they're going to green light it based on that or not Mm. um who'd you say was involved in creatively
1: I didn't, but Rashida Jones is attached.
0: I thought so. Mm. She's apparently hot property at the moment. She's doing this other animated show we're talking yeah. about. The
1: I mean, she's like a pretty hot kind of producer at the moment. She
0: was writing um, Toy Story 4 for a while until that didn't happen. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Google that, people, if you want to know that yeah, story. Yeah,
0: Google Rashida Jones Toy Story 4 and find out what happened there. It's mm-hmm. a fun story. Uh, what else?
1: I finished Haunting of Hill House.
0: This is the Netflix series. Yep.
1: See, I didn't have time to play the video game, but I have plenty of time to finish Haunting of Hill House. Um, so the show is mostly good. It it really is, and you'll I think you'll love where it goes if you like five minute monologues with lines like "Forgiveness is warm like a tear on a cheek." Um, I per- <laughs> yeah, let that soak in. I personally think Mike Flanagan, who's like the creator, the director, Mm -hmm. writer of many episodes, um, I think he needs an assistant standing over him when he writes, just so they can slap his hands away from the keyboard every time his monologues go over three pages and contain more than 15 metaphors and analogies. (laughs) Um, I found myself genuinely laughing through the finale because the dialogue was so absurd. Which is such, because I was enjoying it. I was fully there. And then, oh my God, does it shit the bed? Because I think he's just like, I'm a genius. Everything I say is incredibly poignant. And it's not. It's really, really
0: not. The reaction to this show has been really interesting. Mm. On one hand, I've seen the word masterpiece thrown Mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, have been like, this wasn't scary. Why did I watch this sort of? scenario and then some people just keep talking about how it's really about family and like i was intrigued by the whole thing
1: me too Ste- and for the most part really enjoyed it except i feel for the episodes that the creator and director um wrote right which the writing like his writing is just slap you in the face with sap and crap like, it's not good.
0: I, I'm very cynical when it comes to horror stuff at all. Yeah. And my girlfriend, Steph, has been watching it. I've sort of half been watching it in the same room as her sort mm. of thing. And there was a moment pretty early on in the series, so I don't think it's a spoiler, where they have been building up this sort of story around these kittens that had died, and there was a mm. horror around them. Anyway, there was this moment where this, like, ghostly figure is holding a box that you know is the uh the like the makeshift casket for the mm-hmm. one of these kittens and it was like it was a really tense moment and then the box shook and you heard this <laughs> noise and I pissed myself laughing because <laughs> it was so unnecessary. They tried to jump scare with this canned cat noise. Yeah. I was like, oh guys <laughs> so close. Dial yeah. it back a little bit. Yeah. And lost me at that point. There's so
1: much that is genuinely terrifying, but the dialogue. In particular instances, is so bad that you just stop. Like towards the end, I was like, I can't take this seriously anymore. Like I can't even be scared. One because ninety percent of the scenes have nothing to do with horror and are just monologues because Mike Flanagan (laughs) thinks his writing's great. Um, And I was, and even when scenes were happening that should be scary, I was just, I was still laughing from the previous scene. So that was that was a real shame for me. But you know, no judgment if you loved it, but I did not. Um another little off topic hot topic. So I started listening to the last podcast on the left. Have you listened to that? I've
0: heard about it but I've not watched it or listened to it.
1: It is very very popular. Um and for good reason. Uh, the show is amazing. It's a true crime podcast. So yep. three three guys, three friends just sit around and talk about true crime. Um now they have a it's like the three of them are in, incredibly dynamic. Um the amount of research put in is awe-inspiring. Oh, I'm just like, I excellent. don't even know how they have the time. Like, they've all read, like, three books on the subject and watched countless documentaries. It's incredible. Uh, the amount of empathy and compassion they have is beautiful, but you'll also be laughing out loud consistently. Like, I've been listening to them to and from my walks to work recently, mm-hmm. and I'm just laughing out loud like a crazy person, but I don't care because it's it's good. It's a perfect balance for true crime and all of the men have the most extreme American accents. All different from different areas, but incredibly American. It's 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 quite something to behold. Mm, okay. Mm, Last I podcast
0: on the left. Definitely recommend. How many episodes have they sort of done? Has it been going for... Oh,
1: like, I want to say like 300. Oh, like Jesus. a lot, like 100 and something. Who has the time? I think it might actually be like 300. It's a lot. It's okay, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yep. Yeah.
0: Very cool. I've just got one more thing I want to talk mm-hmm. about. Just a... Uh, just want to make people aware of something I've been watching recently. It's a little mm-hmm. uh, YouTube series called Box Peak, as Box B O X Peak P E E K. it's a, a YouTube series created and um, um sorry, created by uh, Easy Allies member Kyle Bossman. And created, I mean, he is almost completely. Uh, responsible for its creation and how it's made its production. Apart from some of the voice talent that come from other members of the Easy Allies um, and uh, their sort of associate Amanda Troop, um, he has done all of this. I should explain as well, Easy Allies is a video game, like content, website, YouTube channel, podcast, etc.
1: I'm glad you said that because I was literally just Googling it. I was just yeah. like, who the fuck are these people? Che- okay. Check them
0: out on YouTube, Easy Allies or easyallies.com is their website. Um, but this show, Box Peak. It is basically a love letter slash parody of children's anime like Pokemon mm. or Yu-Gi-Oh and it is made with um, paper puppets. So rather than actually draw this, Kyle's tried to do this on the cheap. He, <laughs> Good on him. He asked for, he sort of had a, a little Patreon slash Kickstarter thing and wanted sort of $2,000 and he got it and it's meant to only cost him $2,000 and that's sort of his production budget for this thing. Um, it's about 11-year-old Geordie as he begins his adventure in a world where everyone loves and plays a game called Box Peak, which is all about hiding in boxes and peeking out at your opponents to win. It's a... S- <laughs> (laughs) It's as silly, dorky, and charming as it sounds. It's released, as of recording this podcast, it has released three of its first five episodes with another five coming sometime next year. He hasn't made those yet, but the first five are done. New episodes are released Monday mornings in the US Pacific time on YouTube and Twitch. Um, The the show is, they're only 10 10 minutes long. They aren't the funniest thing in the world, but they are just super charming and fun. Mm. The theme song is as catchy as any, like, anime you've ever watched, like Pokemon <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And one of the things I really loved about it as well is after each episode, Kyle then goes on Twitch and does a live Q&A where he'll sort of show, like, how he did some of the stuff with the Paper Puppets. It's surprisingly technical, mm. some of the stuff he does. um, and, and, like, show some of his, like, design work and whatever. And then he'll do a Q&A for an hour. And it's been really fun just to have someone who has been investing into this tiny little dorky project that gets like, I think the most it's had is like 15,000 views on YouTube. It's not much mm. at all. And just obviously be really in love with it and just sort of watching him, his enthusiasm, his passion for making this. It's absolutely rekindled my desire to be doing that stuff because I've had multiple projects, including one with you, that mm-hmm. hasn't been finished that I just, I understand that like, Push to get it, ma- like get finishing it can be really hard sometimes to get all the way done. And like he's rekindled my love for that, and I want to. It's inspired me to finish these things and get them released out there and just put them out there, even if no one sees the friggin' things. Um, so I highly recommend checking out Box Peak. Uh, that's Box Peak P W K on YouTube. Cool. Let's move on to our spoiler-free review of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina season one. Let me
1: clue you in. Season in review.
0: Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a Netflix supernatural horror series based on the Archie comics and 90s sitcom character Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and more specifically adapted from the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic book series that began in 2014. Developed by Riverdale creator Roberto Aguayo-Sacasa, the show stars Keenan Shipka, Ross Lynch, Lucy Davis, Miranda Otto, Chance Perdomo, Michelle Gomez, Richard Coyle, Tati Gabriel, Jazz Sinclair, Lachlan Watson, and a troupe of very handsome black cats as Sabrina's familiar Salem. The entirety of CAOS, or Chaos as I like to call it, Season 1, was released on Netflix on October 26, 2018, and consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 57 minutes, taking approximately 9 hours and 30 minutes to watch. Season 2, shot back-to-back with the first, and is scheduled to wrap in December. It's still currently filming and nearly done, and could potentially arrive as soon as April 2019. So, Damask, mm. how familiar were you with Sabrina the Teenage Witch before watching Chaos?
1: I had read in my childhood um, a few Archie comics. I forget Sabrina- that
0: you were in Archie comics, like aficionado, at least in my life you may as well be.
1: Sure, I've read about five. But yes, let's say that I am. It's more um, than me. Five <laughs> so more than me. Sabrina was in those um, and also obviously the uh, Sabrina Teenage Witch TV show that was on when we were kids. Um, I barely watched that and my older brothers told me that it was shit and gay. So I was like, <laughs> yes it is shit and gay. So I never really watched it nor Aww. liked it. Um, when I'd watch it, I, I didn't find it particularly fun, funny. I didn't like Salem. Oh, what? Yeah. I know. It was the um, voice of
0: Norbert from Angry Beavers. How can you not love Sailor? I hated
1: Angry Beavers.
0: Wow. Um, yeah, I know. This podcast is Controver- over.
1: Hot takes. Hot takes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I am familiar, obviously, because Sabrina was huge when we were kids. Um, but yeah, no, I wasn't a fan. What about you?
0: Uh, no familiarity with the comics. I think I saw a VHS once of like a T, uh, like a director VHS movie of Casper and Sabrina. I believe that was a thing. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, um, nothing to do with the sitcom. Completely aside. Oh, maybe that was Wendy the Witch. Maybe I'm it getting was, that mixed. Yeah,
1: it was fucking Hilary Duff. I
0: don't have a clue. Get is it that t- Hilary Duff? Yes,
1: it's Hilary Duff, it's a great film. Oh
0: my god, you I'm get it together, that. man. Anyway, I definitely am familiar with Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the sitcom of which I watched a lot of it, and won't well, say I loved it, but I I enjoyed it for what it was. And you know, at the age, a bit of a crush on Melissa Joan Hart. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you brought a
1: call on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks,
0: Thanks Mel. That's fine. Um,
1: MJH, yep.
0: MJH. Uh, yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, familiar with the TV show. Mm-hmm. And that was about my only exposure to Sabrina. Uh, with that in mind, what did you think of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Season 1?
1: Oh, I'll tell you. So, I think Please. it's a, s- <laughs> a solid first season. The first couple of episodes are particularly exciting to watch. But the promise of those first few episodes weren't fulfilled by the end of the season, at least not for me anyway. The show contains a strong matriarchal family coming to terms with being a part of a patriarchal culture and religion, which makes for fascinating material. Oftentimes, that is where this show's best stories lie. The family dynamics are rich territory when sufficiently explored. There is plenty to mine there. Unfortunately, this show does find itself weighed down by uninteresting auxiliary characters and we find ourselves relying on a plot tool that is my least favourite, which is making characters dumb in order to move things along. 90% of this show looks wonderful. It is beautifully designed. It does have a comic feel about it. I could see the panels. It was a visual feast. The Spellman House in particular deserves a rewind from time to time to fully take in the sets. Performances are generally good. The aunties are the standouts for me, with Lucy Davis as Aunt Hilda being the MVP. Another great performance comes from Michelle Gomez, who brings out the best in her camp villainy. I find myself loving every single scene she's in, and I kind of wanted her to succeed throughout the season. This teen drama fantasy horror concoction has its own tone, and for the most part, it is very enjoyable. There were, however, times I found myself twiddling my thumbs as the hour-long episodes took their toll. The show is certainly bingeable. I know lots of people that have enjoyed watching it over a weekend. But when you've got things to do, (laughs) it it can feel a little arduous. The show is good, not great. I think tighter episodes and better explored side characters could be all this show needs. What about you, Brod?
0: Uh, I'm going to echo a lot of what you just said. Um, First thing, I just want to, you know, sort of uh, frame this a little bit. Uh, This is obviously, well, partially sort of a spin-off or side universe to Riverdale. Which mm-hmm. we did a review of season one and I did not think that much of. I didn't yeah. hate it, season one. This wasn't your jam. Just was not for me. So understanding that, I went into this idea of a dark Sabrina, sort of interested in the concept, but the reality of it being related to Riverdale was gonna put me off. So it was pretty presently pleasantly surprised that I actually quite enjoyed the show for what it was. Um it was I always understood the idea of it being like dark Sabrina the Teenage mm-hmm. Witch, but it was darker than I expected <laughs> in some ways in its tone, in its themes, and in the imagery as well. And yet it was also way goofier than I expected it to be. And I think the best example of that is just sort of the occult lore side of things, yeah. which I simultaneously found quite fascinating and interesting and well-illustrated and really silly. Like, yeah. when you start talking about, like, dark baptisms and, like, ungodly godmothers or whatever they might be, mm. it's like, this is so, this is so cute. This is so funny. <laughs> I really thought it was really funny. Um, the show sits in a really cozy corner for me alongside other su- supernatural dramas like Charmed and Supernatural, but especially I got a massive Buffy vibe from this mm-hmm. in a way that just, that, that penetrated past some of my, like, cynicism I was really enjoying that. And maybe it's because I haven't watched Buffy in a while. Like, I'm, I realized I missed that show. And to be getting any of that sort of, like, vibes from mm-hmm. this was... Just was a very comfortable fit with me. Um, like Buffy, it also has a prominent feminist agenda. Um, <laughs> this show is about women, the power of women, and the men and women... Uh, men and women, I should say, who would deny them of their power. As you said, lots of interesting things to mine there. Um, and... Does fulfill some of that potential, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are great performances, you said, especially from the adult leads. Uh, this might be the best thing I've seen Lucy Davis do. I really love her in this show as Aunt Hilda, and you already said Michelle Gomez as well. Have you you haven't watched much of Capaldi's um the, no, the 12th Doctor, have you? No. You should for Michelle Gomez, okay. because she is a reoccurring character in his three seasons. Oh, and really? she is a fucking highlight.
1: Okay, cool. For
0: very similar reasons to why she's a highlight in this. yeah, no, I loved her in this. Uh, mm. She's excellent. Mm-hmm. I might even just shoot you those episodes that have her in it. She's pretty good.
1: You know I can't do that. You know I need to watch things properly.
0: Well, you, you should because it you will get Michelle Game, Gomez payoff for it. It's yeah. worth watching for her, mm-hmm. I think. Um, great performance for her. Uh, Kenan Shipkar is generally good, but I don't know, kind of forgettable in the grand scheme of things as well. Mm-hmm. It's getting some Emma Watson vibes from her in yeah. both like look and like performance. She's just like... There's a veil between wooden. her and me. Yeah, if mm. that makes sense. Um, Plot-wise, things are a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. The ep- Episode to episode, I think things are pretty good. I actually like like Buffy. They generally tend to have like a scenario or a monster of the episode sort of thing to go with, which I quite liked. Fun ideas that either work for their goofiness or their drama or both in some cases. But also some places... It- it goes, but while some places it goes surprising, it ends in a way that's a bit of a head scratcher. And I'll talk about that more in spoilers, but the ending didn't do a lot for me. Um, shooting style is also a bit of a mixed bag. The first two episodes, in particular, mm. this fisheye, narrow depth of field, yeah. directed
1: by the same person, nothing looks great. in focus
0: mm. thing, is awful. Not great.
1: Oh, I liked it.
0: Terrible. I
1: loved it. It
0: was great in moments, but oh, the whole fucking I did watch thing. something today.
1: Um, oh. I can't remember who it was by, but they were saying they watched the first episode and they really, like you, they really enjoyed it. And then by the end of it, they felt nauseous. Yeah, no, it was like. I, I, I liked it though. In
0: its moments, I was like, oh yeah, cool. I see what you're going with here. And they just kept every shot was that. I'm like, Can I, I just want to see this. Like, like you said, there's a that house is a beautiful set. Gorgeous. So why obstruct it behind this <laughs> bullshit, blurry, narrative of the field mm. thing? But then, is it
1: weird that I only really noticed it in like the forest and stuff?
0: Oh, it's all over the place. Oh, it's okay. constant in the first two episodes, and then it sort of dials it way back. It still uses it occasionally. I liked but it, but then mm. it kind of uses it appropriately. It would use it when like they were using magic in a way that made you like there's a bit there's a sequence and it's not really a spoiler to say where people are hiding from somebody else magically they're hiding mm. and they used it there it's like that makes sense mm-hmm. there's a magical protection going on put it there don't just have it because sabrina's talking to fucking ambrose like that doesn't <laughs> need to i don't i just want to see the people because then it's like, let just, me
1: see the people <laughs> they just weren't in
0: focus sometimes it was so frustrating i didn't it, even notice it, oh
1: that's terrible
0: like you like like for a second i was like this is cool stop That's enough. That's too much. Too much of a good thing. Didn't even notice. Um,
1: Sometimes I wonder where I am.
0: But then Mm. there are other times where the beautiful sets or the lighting or the tableaus are awesome. And there is a sequence in episode two, Mm -hmm. which has this terrible blurriness that involves a mine. Mm. Um, There's Mm -hmm. like eight characters in a mine and it's like a lot of dark and like firelight and stuff. And it is so good. And on my like... OLED TV where blacks are beautifully black Mm. and, like, firelight stuff looks amazing. I was like, this looks great. Yeah, Looks so good. Um, And so, I don't know, real mixed bag in there. Um, All things considered, I thought it was a net positive and I'm hoping season two can run with the best bits and leave behind the bad. Uh, Do you have a score out of five for this season? I
1: do. I give it a 3.5.
0: I also give it a... 3.5. Three point five. Lovely. Um, was edgy on a four at times, and then the ending really made me go. Not three point five. Didn't quite see the landing.
1: maybe like the first couple episodes, I was like, "Ooh, this could be a four. and then. Yeah. Yeah. As the series progressed, I was like. Ugh.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, and like I, I found a roller coaster. There are some episodes where, like the like that weird out of focus shooting, right. Mm. Where it's like I'd be with it for a bit, and then it just lasts too long, and possibly because the episodes are too long, I'd be mm. like, "This is a cool concept, kind of goofy, but I'm I'm with it." And mm. then I'd just drag it on. Yeah. It's like you, I understand what's time to move Yeah, on I mean, like
1: it was so up and down because some episodes I'd be like, "I really care about these people," and another episode I was like, "I don't care about any of these people." <laughs> like <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, okay. mixed back, Yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to talking about this in spoilers, which we will get to in a moment but before we dive into spoilers. We'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning! On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of CAOS up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Spoilers for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Mm. only thing I could think about the entire time I was watching this is... If Sabrina had just watched Buffy, specifically season six, none of these problems would occur. There are, all of her lessons would have been pre-learned and she never would have done all the dumb shit she did doing a willow from season six of Buffy. Gotcha. and Like trying to fix everything and wipe people's memories and like...
1: God, did I find that annoying? Just fix things with magic, yeah. did you? I was like, bitch, you can't do it. Just fucking chill out. But
0: that's kind of like, that was her character, right? Like, that's the yeah. whole idea, is she sort of had this inflated sense of her ability and then mm. went too and far and had to fucked everything up. Mm.
1: I think, like, yes, absolutely, that was her character. And I think that was a good arc. I just think because it went for so many episodes, for so many hours, I was getting a little tired of it. Yeah,
0: I think they were. I think part of the reason it went so long is because they wanted to make you believe that this, while a huge problem probably was going to be solved, like they were like really exploring every option. And like she had sort of like half outs here and there that all still ended up just leading to more disaster. I kind of like that outcome, though. Like the fact that Harvey ends up just paying the price Mm -hmm. for Sabrina's massive fuck ups Mm -hmm. really worked for me. Um, You said that dumb characters. uh, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. This is a comment you made in the non-spoilers. Um, characters are made dumb to move things along. Can you explain what you're mm. talking about?
1: Yeah. So there were times when one Sabrina was just so, like everyone was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And she was like, oh, yes, I can. That annoyed me. And also times when people were like, Harvey, listen to me. Sabrina was saying that to Harvey oh, yeah, yeah. and he's like, no, I have to like fix it myself or I have to do it myself. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. Why do you have to do that? Like things like that really annoy me.
0: There was a bit that Harvey bit in the last episode in particular he's like, nah, we'll just do it from here. I'm like, Sabrina... I understand, like, he doesn't want to see you right now, but he will fucking die. Yeah. Like, just tell him, like, no, fuck off, idiot. Yeah. Get the fuck to the school right now. Now is
1: not the time to prove your independence. It's like, yeah,
0: exactly. It's like, I understand what you're trying to say, but you will literally die. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, you got to stand your yeah. ground. Don't just walk away and go, okay, I respect your feelings, and then leave. Yeah. I was like, that was dumb. It's
1: like, yeah, if a nuclear bomb is coming <laughs> and you're mad at me, I'm not going to be like, okay, yeah, you know, you work through those
0: feelings. <laughs> you fight that nuclear now- <laughs> bomb by yourself. You'll be fine, I'm sure.
1: You're a real... Real man broad. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not happening.
0: Um, But going back to what you were saying about Sabrina, again, I I don't know. I thought that was her journey. Like that for me was the whole point. No,
1: it absolutely was your journey. You're not incorrect in saying that. I think it just happened time and time again. And I understand like the point of escalation, Mm -hmm. but I just think over 10 hours... It's a lot. And I was like I said, I was twiddling my thumbs at that point. Like I was starting to get bored by right. the journey, I think.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So what did you think of the ending of the season? Specifically Well there's a few different things going on here, but mm. let's talk about what Sabrina does in the sense that she um signs her name into the Beast of the, the Book of the Beast.
1: The ultimate sacrifice. Did we mm. feel
0: like that was earned? Did that ring for you thematically true? How do you feel about that?
1: I think so. I mean, Sabrina's whole thing was like, well, I'm not... I, I believe in compromise. I believe there's always a solution. There's always a way around something. Um, and she's not going to sacrifice herself for something that... Which she can see another option. Um here, like, the lives of her friends were at risk. There is no other option. It's like, either you do this or there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So her sacrificing, laying her her soul down on the line for her friends totally worked for me. What were yeah, your thoughts?
0: I didn't love it. I don't know. I just, like, I can see the dramatic potential in it. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of felt like <clears throat> I loved the... So the first two episodes kind of... Uh, end up being like the pilot of the show, right? It's yeah. like we introduce introduced to the character, the ideas of like her sixteen. There's this prophecy around her. It's very significant that she was born on Halloween, that there's going to be a blood moon, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she comes to that point in the road she's been looking forward to her entire life and goes, no, I'm not going to go down this path because it's fucked. Basically, she mm-hmm. recognizes that it's problematic, and I'm going to find a different way. Mm-hmm. And that to me sounded like a mission statement for the show, right? To like mm-hmm. say, you know, I will not. Uh, I am Sabrina Spellman. I will not sign my life away, um, or not sign my name away, and say that you know I I'm, I do exist in this weird place between. I am unique in that sense that I am a mortal and a witch. I'm gonna road you know walk the third road that no one talks about Mm -hmm. and so i get the dramatic irony or or the the dramatic uh like uh, where you can go with that with her signing the book at the end of the season i was kind of like do we are we at that stage yet do we explore this idea of her being the mortal witch in between well enough yet for her to be signing her life away to the book i don't know i just felt I, i thought it like I love that moment so much that to have it Mm. undone by the end of season one, I was a little bit like, oh, that's a shame. That feels like that should have been like end game stuff, not early, like early in the story stuff for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the exploration that that was happening with her in between life wasn't particularly interesting. Like, what I'm, I understand the concept is really interesting. Mm -hmm. What they were doing with it throughout season one wasn't particularly interesting to me. Um, but I also think that with someone that has proven to be so strong-willed as Sabrina is, I see a potential of, yes, I will follow your silly little rules. I will sign my name in your book, but you can't actually take away my free will. You can't actually take away my choice. And her actually kind of going against the, the law. She's like, it's just another religion, Fuck you guys. I'm still going to do whatever I want. That's where I'm hoping they take it. So she can still explore being an independent, strong woman. Uh But she just has to do what she has to do in the moment. But that doesn't change who she is.
0: Sure. I certainly hope that's where it's going. Because the idea that she's gone bad, kind of. Like she's like hanging out with the the weird sisters and stuff like that. Which is where they end the season. Mm. She's even done her hair differently and stuff like that to like show her change. I
1: loved the hair colour.
0: Yeah, ah, oh, looks the,
1: fabulous. So good on her,
0: and so like that lines up with the um the comic book mm, yes. uh, illustration of it. Um, uh, it doesn't feel like it can last though. Like no. it's it's like obviously it's a weird cliffhanger to end on. Where it's just like ah, oh, but. Can your show really exist if Sabrina goes bad? Like that's the why? <laughs> yeah. Why end there? It just feels a little bit odd for mm-hmm. me. So again, that sort of rang hollow, and so the season yeah. lost its punch at the end. But, all- yeah,
1: I think it's interesting because we see moments where Sabrina, you know, she murders another witch with the knowledge that she will bring her back, but Still she doesn't. Fucking
0: dark. It's though.
1: so dark, and I think exploring that darkness, yeah. that the dark side of power, a power that she wants to embrace as a woman kind of emerging is really interesting Mm -hmm. and that's really interesting territory to explore. So, I'm kind of excited for that and obviously like her being able to find the balance after kind of indulging both sides of the personality, you know?
0: I also am just a bit confused about some things in general about Mm -hmm. the plot. I'm confused about Lilith's goals a little bit. Mm -hmm. as in um, Michelle Gomez's character. Um, I'm confused about the prophecy. Like, this whole idea that she had to... I think Sabrina did something. She, um, in the middle of the season, can't remember what she's like, oh, that's part of the prophecy. And like... And it's this, I don't
1: even remember a prophecy.
0: Yeah, she talks about this like prophecy, <laughs> right?
1: Uh, Michelle Gomez does.
0: Yeah, multiple okay. times. She's talking about Sabrina's fulfilled these things. And she's, she's tied them specifically to the po- apocalypse as well. Oh, uh, like, yes, okay. There's an apocalypse prophecy yeah. that involves Sabrina doing certain things, yes. like making certain things happen. Um, so
1: the prophecy is about Lilith believes that she is going to be the Dark Lord's handmaiden. And so she needs a replacement. It's about that, I believe.
0: Uh, well, is it? Uh, I don't know. So it the, sounded like the Sabrina be the was going to queen of hell bring about. Well, isn't that already the? Ca- I don't know. I, I'm again confused about. They haven't really explained Lilith super well at this stage. We got the name reveal that mm-hmm. she was Lilith. That she's. We knew that she was already the mother of demons. I don't know. Am I missing a detail here? I didn't think I was, but like the prophecy gets brought up, apocalypse gets brought up a lot. I thought the thirteen witches were going to be a part of that for a while. The thirteen was just the end game, the boss for the end of this. Mm-hmm. Was, which I didn't find very fulfilling either. Like there's no, of, I didn't find
1: that fulfilling. They
0: like they'd been mentioned and sort of made, yeah, the mention of, and then they showed up for an episode and then they were gone. I was like, they you didn't know really. You what I
1: find boring about that ending? Yeah. the whole like, I am important because of who my father is. This is why I'm powerful. Yeah, it's not actually about her. Sure, it's about like self. I guess, actualization, that realization of, like, eye power within me. But the fact that it's still, like, attached to her dad is sure. a little lame. I
0: yeah. wonder if that's something that's going to change. I think her Maybe. dad is a problematic character Yeah, so Yes, anyway. I'm
1: looking forward to hearing more about Edward. Yeah, so mm. that they want
0: to, I mean, he's, you know, already signed her name away theoretically. So the rude. And stuff like so that. rude of him to so that. So that, there could be a moment for her to cut ties mm. with him, really, and sort of separate herself from her dad, which could work really well, I think.
1: As most girls do as they come through puberty, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm.
0: I actually kind of wonder whether they change course a little bit after episodes one and two. It feels like they get to the end of episode one and like that they form that wicker group, you know, Mm -hmm. in the school. That sort of just dissolves. Like, yes, Susie and um, Roz are still around, but then the wicker, the idea of wicker, goes away, which I thought was (laughs) kind of cute. And then it just like disappears. I know it had a different direction at the end of episode two, and they went down a different path to fulfill something and I don't know if it worked as well. I yeah. wonder whether that's why I feel like the ending of this season's compromise because it's sort of, I felt like they were setting things up in the first yeah. two episodes. Well, anyway. I think
1: like it, it, it do- certainly does struggle when you wait Sabrina's choice in her attachment, the whole, whole season about her attachment to the real world. And I think yeah. we do get a genuine sense of that with her relationship with Harvey. Especially with Harvey. I do not get a sense of that with her friendships. I mean, I just kept watching being like, can someone please describe to me who Sabrina's friends are? Sure. Like who they are as people. Like why should I care about them? I don't know them. I don't know what their traits are really. I just know what happens to them. Sure. I know that Susie is teased and that they're and that they see their dead ancestor. I know that Rosalind is going blind and is kind of psychic. Yep. But I don't really know much about them at all. I know they're feminists. I know they like books. But what else? Yeah. Like, who are these people?
0: Yeah. Who what, do is, they, who like, do they, what do they like? What do they don't yeah, like? Yeah. They're not who their own they like? characters. they Who do they not like? Yeah. They are
1: so supplementary. Yeah. There's such a second thought that, that to weigh that decision at the end in mm. the fact that her friends, the people she loves are going to die... Shouldn't I love them as well? Shouldn't I care about them? Shouldn't I be like, wow, that's going to really affect Sabrina? But I don't feel that way.
0: Because that's again what I sort of liked about the first two episodes. There's the birthday party scene, which I mm. love, and like Roz go- comes out and yeah. like me, and she's like really excited to see you. She's so glad it she came. It felt like a
1: teen movie. They felt together. It was really and cool. Susie's in
0: there. She's yeah. just had this fight. She's like, I'm ready to go back in there and do it again. Yeah. She's wearing the cool like the Dracula little, outfit. No, she's like,
1: like one of the the kid monsters. Oh, for the
0: monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so good. And
0: it's like it's and I really love that scene. And then I love the juxtaposition of that. I. I'm just say it right now. Season two is my favorite. Episode two is my favorite episode, Mm -hmm. Um, because it just seemed to be like bring all its potential to the forefront, and and then the the juxtaposition of the birthday to the dark baptism Mm -hmm. is really strong. It's really powerful, Um, and that's why I love the way they sort of like the mission statement at the end of episode two is so strong and so sort of to. Wayne as the season went on and she's not spending time with Roz and she's not spending time no. with Susie and they're, they're sort of setting them up to have their yeah. things or make them relevant in like a powers sense almost like yeah. give them abilities but not as people and not in their relationship to Sabrina. Well,
1: that's the thing. I mean like who they are is really defined by how like how a character reacts yeah. in a situation so, and it's the exploration of that reaction that makes a character interesting But when it's made so that the event is the most interesting part, that is flawed storytelling in my opinion. And that kind of storytelling leaves your audience cold to what should be like really personal and affecting. And unfortunately, I think that's like certainly something that Riverdale does, which sucks. It's actually something that a lot of teen shows do. Sure. Whereas the further they get along, it's just the events that are important And it's not the character's reactions or how it affects who they are. Yeah. So disappointing. That's something
0: that does separate it from Buffy. Yeah. Uh, Buffy's much better at doing that and yes. like long term. St- it's
1: character exploration the whole way through. It's yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah. Mm.
0: The um I'm just thinking of that moment. They really did not know what to do with Susie when they made her small enough to go into the mine to take out the helmet, and that was her entire purpose. <laughs> just like I thought I guess something was I'm gonna happen. Enough. Yeah, right. Like make make something happen there. Give her a moment. Now nah, she just goes in, finds the helmet, and like no one says a goddamn thing about it. Except, like, oh we lost Susie, she's back. Yay. The end. Great stuff.
1: Mm.
0: Something I do want to rave about, though. I mm. I really, really enjoyed, like, all of the witching world lore. Like, from top to bottom, mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yeah. I love, like, the sort of convincing idea of why you would follow, like, Satanism. The idea of, like, the Christian god being a false god and the dark mm-hmm. lord being about freedom. And, like, that might all be accurate for, like, what Satanism is all about. Um. Well, you know witchiness or whatever but because i've never explored that i don't know witchiness mm-hmm. is definitely the correct term by the way um but i found that Absolutely. really compelling interesting I, mm-hmm. and i loved also how silly all this stuff was the idea of pregnant witches having four trimesters made me really laugh <laughs> yeah of dark baptisms and unholy godparents as we the mentioned 13 also. Yep. the 13
1: commandments yeah
0: the 13 commandments exactly exactly all those things that have to be 13s and like 666s yeah. six, six, and so stuff good. like that um Every time Miranda o- Otto said a relieved, thanks, Satan. Satan. <laughs> Fuck, I love. it.
1: not that so enjoyable? Every I don't know why, but I'm like... single one.
0: That's great. Because there's something kind of naughty about it. Like, you yeah. shouldn't be able to say, oh, pray mm. Satan.
1: And the fact that she's, like, both of them are, like, maternal figures. Yes. It's just, like, and so seriously and so earnestly... Thanks, Satan. Like it's just mwah, gorgeous.
0: I, yeah. I, every single time, I giggled a little bit. I yeah. also just a side note, Miranda Otto. Like I, I really love Lucy Davis's Hilda. Mm. Um, just loved her because she's, she's such a face. warm character yeah, and easy her. to just love and
1: funny. Just
0: and very funny. I I really like Zelda as well, though. Mm. She's obviously set up as being like the hard-ass bad cop,
1: complicated auntie, character, which I really enjoy. But
0: very complicated. Mm-hmm. Like there's yep. a lot of depth to her mm-hmm. and. And like at first, I was like Miranda Otto is just sort of hamming this up a bit, but it's because there is a lot of performance in Zelda. Like she mm. is, she is hiding her, you yeah. know, a lot of her vulnerability behind a performance.
1: I mean, there is always performance in piety, like religion. Just by itself, is absurd to have that level of certainty about anything, and a lot of things that you don't have immediate answers to. That's Just absurdity. It's you have to play a role, you have to be convincing because you have to pretend to be convinced, exactly. Um, and but yeah, no, I loved her complicated relationship with the church. You know, it's where she derives her value, it's her Her worth. Yeah, absolutely. It's her anchor in the world, and I loved watching her trying and struggling to reconcile. With the very valid concerns that Sabrina has totally. about their religion, ugh, loved that stuff. Loved that. It's like that stuff, the family stuff, and the family and religious stuff. I think is the best stuff of the season.
0: Yeah, no, one hundred percent agree. All the the most stuff inside the Spellman mortuary mm. was was great, the um, best. And just a quick side note, mm. I love Miranda Otto's little um, Zelda's little. Cigarette, cigarette thing. thing. Oh, it's cool. Fucking the best. And I'm trying to remember. It's like
1: a little stake in a cigarette or something. Like I a thought it was like almost like scissors, a little, like, were like holding a little clampy? Sort of. Oh yeah. yeah, probably. But it was just like, it was so small though, and so
0: she. I be- mm. Weirdly, I barely remember her like actually taking a drag. I more just remember her holding it.
1: Oh no, I certainly remember because she would always like say a statement. Like, sure. In that beautiful elongated American accent that she has, and then like taking a... A nice long drag. Yeah, no, I liked it. It was very dramatic. (laughs) Really punctuated moments. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Really, really fun that. Was there... There was a bit too. I just want to double check something with you. I may have misunderstood something. After she's been having it on with um, Miss Blackwater, whatever his name is, right? Mm -hmm. The high priest. High priest. Mm. There's a bit where she's downstairs like sitting at the table reading the paper and he's someone comes down i can't remember who it is Yeah. and she's obviously like i thought it was like she was just so flushed but then yeah. she like hides the paper i'm like is he under the table like diddling her from like oh, underneath no, i was like no, no, the no, way no. she she said something about like she like Said something with such, like, a a moment pause, like she was, like, in the middle of, like, an... I understand what you're saying.
1: I thought that moment was played weirdly, but I think it was probably just bad direction. I don't believe (laughs) she was being diddled under the table. She just had
0: to hide her entire face, like, she was, was like...
1: It was, like, I feel like Zelda would have been a better liar than that, but, yeah. I think it's
0: been a while for Zelda. I think it's been... No, I just
1: mean, like, lying about something. Yeah,
0: but, like... She's so flushed. She's so flushed. Mm. It's, I don't know. Her clitoris
1: certainly is. Mm.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's the content you can't hear for, listeners.
1: (laughs) Quality content. Um, I also, like, I love, like I said, Lucy Davis, MVP. I love Aunt Hilda so much. Um, Just the concept of this lovable maternal character who is, you know, being a satanist her entire like it's so strange but i was like yeah no that's this is awesome like what a strange dichotomy of like expectation and what i'm actually seeing it's very cool and i also sorry i also loved you know just her character's journey throughout the season being a part of this system that has degraded and diminished and undervalued her. Yeah. And it's really only until her niece begins to rebel and also her expulsion that she's able to find a new path and claim her own value. Mm-hmm. I loved her journey this season and I just, I loved every scene she was in.
0: The thing that that Hilda's like lovableness did mm. early on was actually sell the idea that that Satanism could be a like, a positive thing. Yeah. Like, because she's so mm-hmm. positive and you see her, like, growing things and you see, yeah. you know, she sort of does represent the ideas of, like, freedom or whatever it might be mm. that are in there. She's she's represented, but but more importantly, she does represent also being walked over and, like, yeah. or ignored or forgotten or undervalued and all those but sorts of things.
1: undervalued by the... Patriarchal systems yeah. in place, not like not necessarily the belief systems themselves, yeah. but the power dynamics that have been put in place by the patriarchy that runs the religion.
0: That was an aha moment for me as well mm. when um, Michelle Gomez's character, is it Mrs. Woodward, Wood, Woodward, whatever it is, Lilith, W Lillith,
1: yeah.
0: mm-hmm. um, W, said w- mm-hmm. that she was from the Church of. Darkness, something like that, right? Yeah, and it was like a different denomination. I was like,
1: yeah,
0: oh, this just everything clicked for me for a second. The idea that maybe there's something to this. It's just that the fucking system, like the ch- this specific like uh, coven, yeah, is a- completely messed up. And like, uh, yeah, I was like, ah, cool. I on I'm understanding what the show is trying to say because yeah. otherwise, Sabrina being a witch is way too complicated. If all of that stuff is. Com- is yeah, it, incompatible. It's, it's
1: her community. It's her coven. Yeah, have yeah. these customs, these yeah. specific rules, which is great. It makes um, the idea of the universe a lot easier to digest. I think because it, what's great about this universe is that we have clear parallels with like Catholicism and Christianity, which is very helpful when trying to think like, well, "What is well? What is this? What yeah. is that?" And they, you know, they have an ungodly mother and all that kind of stuff, which helps. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. The episode that does a good job of representing sort of this as well is the one um, with the whatever the Feast Queen or the Queen of Feasts, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. and like how fucked up that whole system is, and like the idea that they can he can just have a revelatory message and we're going to do this anymore, and it's like just that, yes, super misogynistic system.
1: Yeah, when Sabrina is talking to what's her name, Uh, Prudence. Prudence, yes. Um, about the fallibility of those in charge. I was like, because so often when we have supernatural or fantasy stories, we have the people in charge of the fantastical elements and it's genuine. Like they genuinely are connected to God or a higher power. It's really quite interesting to explore when – that's not the case, that yeah. it's much more similar to reality in which those people are not connected to a higher power. So, then what does that mean to your belief system? What does that mean for all of the laws that bind you into doing things that you don't actually want to do? Like, that's a much more interesting and relatable story, I think. How do
0: you feel of about Blackwood as just a character in general?
1: Um... There were times when I thought he was really. I, f- I found the dynamic with him and Zelda really interesting. I loved all that. I yeah. really liked all that stuff. Do I care about him as the headmaster of a fucking Hogwarts? No, I don't. I don't care. I don't care for that school at all, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I really don't get rid of that, I think. Yeah. The school stuff. Um, it's just
0: that little bit too silly. Like, it's just yeah. that little bit too, like.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: You had something going here, and I, was I love sort of the invested. family
1: stuff. I love the law. I love the religion. Yeah, the school stuff. Uh, too much.
0: Similarly, I, I don't know. There's a there's a dorkiness to it that I like, but then they they there's too much of the school. I think it's yeah. it's they haven't invested enough energy into making that functionally interesting or believable it's one, just a hogwarts knockoff the set set does look terrible yeah they've basically got one set it's just that big room with the satan statue in it like
1: and the satan statue looks awful oh and yeah <laughs> it's so like awkwardly lit you are like yeah. i can see like the boom you know what i mean like it just like i'm just like it just oh, feels look, like a set it yeah, feels like it's made out of foam yeah um also who the fuck is nick could they have made a more <laughs> boring character
0: it's angel 2.0 obviously it's like the new angel. angel had
1: something to offer. <laughs> angel had purpose. He had his own fucking mission. He had his own stuff going Nick on. does. He comes in, whispers, "I really like Sabrina," and then does whatever she says, and then just goes, "I really like Sabrina," and then evaporates into air. He's <laughs> nothing. He's absolutely nothing. He he. What a waste of my time. He is
0: bait for season two, though. Like,
1: oh, I can can I just say, yeah. If you're going to introduce a character, give them something to do. Yeah. Don't be like, ooh, they'll eventually be interesting. It's not good enough. He's kind of an Edward
0: Cullen type, isn't he? He just sort of is there to be just take
1: deep breaths.
0: Yeah. He's just there to be like the guy that's hitting on her and is kind of nice. And so of course she's gonna be tempted by him because he's around. But he can't but she's be She's not even
1: really he- tempted by him.
0: I mean, I think she kind of is, but maybe that's just because but of the But she loves doesn't...
1: Harvey so much, so I'm just like, what? she loves Harvey, fuck up. The
0: so, thing is, I, don't, I do not for a second think this show ends with her and Harvey being together. No, me either. These, I mean, if, again, let's go with Buffy. These. You, the first love never lasts.
1: They're going to fight to the death, those two. He, Family witch hunters, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's in it's the gonna blood. It up being, yeah, I reckon yeah. he's going to fucking hate witches, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, which would be cool. Did you like Riley as a character? Oh, did I say Riley? Sorry, I meant Harvey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, what a stupid question. Has anyone answered yes to did you like Riley? That's a Buffy reference for anyone who has seen R- Buffy. Yeah, I actually did mean um, to say
0: Harvey and Riley came out. That's so <laughs>
1: funny that you said that, like purely like all-American vanilla boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great. Did I like Harvey? At the beginning I was like you're boring as fur. Yeah. And then during like the mind collapse and stuff, they were just so sweet together and so loving. And actually had like this really beautiful mature relationship. I was like they I kind of love you guys.
0: They the their and they relationship good surprisingly good. I they think. actually do. Mm. Yeah, There's there was oh, you
1: know what? I loved watching them smooch. I, that's exactly what I was about
0: to say. Mm. There's something actually tangibly Like there about them kissing. It didn't feel like stage kissing. It felt like, oh yeah, that's how people kiss. If I found out those two actors
1: were dating, I'd be like, yeah, no, I believe it. Yeah. Because they could smooch up a storm.
0: Definitely. Mm. And that's like, that goes a long way. Mm. It really does when you're believing that these guys have chemistry. Yeah, that's, yeah. No, I I think
1: I I liked him, and I liked them. I thought he was a great boyfriend.
0: He was great at what his role ultimately was. I mean, it's very, it feels, he again doesn't feel a huge amount like a character. He feels like Plot stuff has to happen. Yeah, but to for him. like
1: the humans in the town, he was the most like a person.
0: How what other? Yeah, I guess so. There's just the other two friends and then yeah. a bunch of dickhead jocks. There's not really anyone else, is yeah, there?
1: Eighties villains here. Yeah. There is the
0: Cerberus books guy. What do you think of him?
1: <laughs> um, I was like, I can't wait for you and Hilda to just bone bone the shit out of each other.
0: What was going on with his eyes at the end though? His eyes always were- oh, evil. Is that it? I don't know what that means, but yeah, I think he's evil. Do you remember? Well, no,
1: because she put a spell on him and now he's got glowy eyes, so I don't know.
0: What spell did she put on him?
1: Because she's like, run away. Oh, that was that was, just to,
0: that was just to get him off in that moment.
1: So you don't think it's connected?
0: I don't think it's got anything to do with her so spell. So he's just evil. Or there's something else was going on. He was like touched by one of the 13 or something. And he's like, I don't know. There was something mm-hmm. going on there.
1: Interesting. I don't know, but I just want them to bone. and I. But I know what's going to happen is he's going to be evil in some capacity or other. They're going to fall in love, though, or she's going to fall in love with him. She's going to be heartbroken, have to kill him, and then I'm just going to cry for about three weeks. I think that's going to happen. <laughs> sounds like good drama to me. Yeah, that sounds great, actually. I'm excited for it.
0: Uh, what about what about Wallace? Since we're talking about Nick. Nick, what's his name, Nick?
1: That's his name, isn't No, Nick? it's
0: Nick something. Nick. It was a cool Nick Scratch. Nick Scratch is a good name. I like that. That is name. not a good name. It's 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 kind of a Nick Harry Potter Scratch. name. I like Nick Scratch. Um,
1: it's a bad anime name at best. At best. The I'm sorry, but J.K. Rowling would think of something a little better than Nick Scratch. Nick Scratch would. Yeah, Nick, Nick. Yeah, she Nick wood bottom. at the end of it. <laughs> Scratch Bottom. <laughs> that, see, that is a great name. Nick Scratch Bottom, absolutely. <laughs> if that was his name, I'd be like, I love this character. <laughs> But I need more Nick Scratch butter. <laughs> uh,
0: what did you think of the sisters then, the weird sisters?
1: I love Prudence, that's Prudence her name. Prudence is great, She's yeah. She's awesome. Is it Prudence? awesome. Yep. Let's say it's Prudence. Um, I really enjoyed her. And I loved the conflict. I thought that actress was great. Yes. The conflict she showed when she wanted to be this thing, the Queen of Feasts or whatever it is, so desperately. And then... Sabrina is chipping away at her at her faith at what she wants to be true. Oh, I love that. That was rich material because they didn't
0: just make stuff happen to her; they made her. Yeah. you know, they made it a character. It was mode. about
1: her internal conflict. It was about Mwah.
0: her internal Mwah. conflict. Yeah, what was Roz's internal conflict? She's going blind. That's awful. But she's getting the 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 cunning,
1: the reckoning. I don't know the
0: cunning, but she's not <laughs> the
1: conjuring
0: dealing with that in any way. Anyway, no,
1: she stands. Has I was like. Is this like a That's So Raven?
0: I don't know what that means.
1: Oh, my God. Um, all, all, all Disney Channel fans out there are screaming <laughs> at their iPhones right now. I was bad. never
0: a Lizzie McGuire or yeah, any of those. I don't know how we Hannah Montana. This
1: is truly, truly bizarre. Well,
0: listen, when the Disney streaming anyway, service arrives that was, and-
1: That was a pitch perfect reference I just made. Good, great. So, everyone's applauding in the audience. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, nothing's happening with that. It's boring. It's so boring.
0: Uh, the other two sisters, uh, weird sisters, they're not really characters.
1: They're not really characters. It was still brutal when one of them was murdered, though. It's like, she slit her throat. Yeah.
0: And like I knew exactly what was going yeah, to happen, but to watch her do but it, still. I was just like, fucking, that's. Heavy and like now what makes you
1: it know what it feels like to slit someone's throat.
0: What's like really dark. heavy about it is because yes, although we know that she's going to bring her back in this in the um, uh, cane pit, she did not seem phased at all for a second that that person was dead, like that, did like, not phase her.
1: Maybe could go wrong. Yeah, maybe I'm incorrect about this. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's what I'm kind of excited to explore in season two is dark Sabrina.
0: Uh, What about Ambrose as a character?
1: I really enjoyed him for maybe the first third of the season. Uh And then for whatever reason, the writers were like, okay, in every scene, all he needs to do is complain about being imprisoned. That's all we want from him (laughs) now. Do you know
0: why they did that? Because they'd written themselves into a goddamn corner and he had to stay (laughs) in the goddamn house.
1: Which is fine. He can still participate in conversations about what's happening. But he's just like, they will be talking about something else. And he'll be like, you know what sucks? Being imprisoned. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it's so dull. It's incredibly dull.
0: They gave him a uh, gay lover.
1: They did give him a gay lover, <laughs> though I'm quite sure. I think, are they both bisexual?
0: I uh, don't I know. think... They might be.
1: Ambrose is definitely bi or pan. Okay. And I think his boyfriend or... Luke. Friend, are they? Together? they, kind, they,
0: they they're surprisingly he did say, together. I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Was he in the orgy as well? He was. So they're like both bisexual, I guess.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think they're, hmm. I think as witches, they're just kind of open to everything. They're very liberated in that sense.
1: That's true. And
0: they did listen to Fiona Apple while doing their orgy, I which I tweet that. did enjoy. I was hmm. pretty happy with that decision.
1: I was just like, this is like a teen show and there's like a Pan, multi, whatever you want to call it, sexual orgy in front of me, and this is fucking hot. And they just casually invite Sabrina to join. But Sabrina's not
0: really. She's not like. She's not like against it. She's she's, just like. No, don't. She's not
1: grossed out. She's just like. I. I thought Ambrose was just listening to music and maybe crying, but he's getting his dick sucked. Um. (laughs) Though it's weird that she was invited because like they're related, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was weird. Cousins, you know, they're a small town in the US. Wow. We've that's, that's
1: <laughs> discovered something really interesting about Broad tonight. So,
0: what I was saying is. No, no, that no. Might no. Be I think normal. we know
1: what you were saying, hey, Brod. Hey, if you want
0: to stay a pure blood witch, how do you think that happens in the Harry Potter world?
1: <laughs> uh, Magical yes.
0: blood doesn't count. It's fine. <laughs>
1: Magical semen doesn't count. Um, Okay. Wow. All right. Good to know. Good to know. But no, I like the casualness of sexual fluidity, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. That is sick. Uh,
0: My biggest disappointment from the entire series Mm. is probably just that there was not enough Salem. Like I could have done with... Way more. You know what
1: I was disappointed about? What? Because I didn't want a talking cat. I was like, I was dreading the moment that he started talking. (laughs) Yeah. Was the kind of the image we see of the original of his original form behind the mirror? Yeah. I thought that was really captivating and cool. Mm -hmm. I was like, can I see more of that? And his voice was really cool. I hope we get to see more of that because I that was ooh uh, that designed to me.
0: I think it would be pointless not to. Apparently, a big reason that Salem is barely in is because. Um, Kieran Shipka is just deathly allergic to cats, so like she can't be. So the they need to bring the goblin res- in. Yeah, yeah, they need to find a way to make that work. And it, like, yeah, or just just.
1: That's p- so interesting that she's yeah, not like mm. deathly
0: allergic, but like full out in hives. Like the first yeah. month, of which is hard to here.
1: shoot around yeah. <laughs> when someone's like crying.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly right. <laughs> Very. Flushed. So you'll see that there's a lot of like talking to something off screen, mm. and Salem is shot in a separate. Shot complete. Yeah,
1: I feel bad that she doesn't get to enjoy the love of a cat.
0: I'm just sad that I don't get to enjoy the cat because he can't be in the scenes half the time. <laughs> they have to come up with reasons that he's not there. So go, go somewhere else, Salem. Please don't Do be you ever around.
1: Sit with your cat Arnold, who yes. is a beautiful black cat. Yes. and just like pretend that he's Salem. That he's I don't to you. pretend that he's
0: Salem, but I definitely you have definitely an... hear him speak to you. <laughs> Always.
1: <laughs> that's that's the same he is with me. My and Mal. Familiar. He's, she talks to me all the time. He's
0: my familiar. Uh, do I, just an episode I wanted to bring up as well mm. that I didn't necessarily love, but I I I liked what we got from it. The dream episode,
1: <gasps> that felt like a Buffy episode, felt right? like a Buffy or a yeah, Doctor Who episode. Like mm. it's
0: it's plenty of sci-fi and fantasy have done dream episodes before. It did remind me a lot of that specific Buffy episode that involves them being asleep and having dreams.
1: Yeah, that thing that's, like, crawling on the ceiling and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my thought as well. I was like, this is a Buffy episode, which made me real happy.
0: um, But that was a really good one for Hilda and Zelda in particular, and, like, their nightmares, like Zelda's nightmare is ultimately being without hilda and hilda's nightmare is being stuck with zelda forever (laughs) i was like that's really really good stuff and to understand Mm. your characters well enough to and to illustrate that so beautifully i thought was really cool and just the way that episode was shot actually like they didn't just rely on being out of focus half the time there was great stuff done with like purple lights like not just lighting it but like In the scene, in the actual mise-en-scene, the lamps would be, like, purple. And just the weird dreaminess of it. There's a line... um,
1: Spoiler alert, it's my favourite
0: episode. Right. There's a line from uh, Hilda uh, that says... Jesus, I've got to find it now. Does it contain onions? No, Dark Lord. I know you don't like onions. (laughs) And I just, like, (laughs) fucking thought that was so well... It was so well delivered by Lucy Davis, and it was so... Funny in the context, just no dark lord. I know you don't like onions.
1: Lucy Davis killed it this season. Every line she spoke was just perfect, like, just like her comedic timing is so gorgeously British.
0: I forget like, sometimes how good she was as Dawn. In yeah, the I was shocked Office. when
1: you said this is like her best performance. I was I, like, I, she I, was great as Dawn, she was,
0: but Dawn, um, no, I she wasn't asked as much, I don't think, as. as Dawn, like like Tim and Dawn are the heart of that show, but they're also like sort of the B plot of that show. And like she's definitely the B plot, but I just feel like she had more to do. She had a lot of Mm. stuff to do with this character. No, I agree,
1: but I think you forget how much Dawn you saw like Dawn being like diminished by her her partner, the look she would give. Like she was. Fabulous. Like pa- that role is iconic.
0: Well, funnily, well, is it when it's also been done by another actress now in a way? Like yes, I think so. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I I thought it just allowed her to be because Dawn is repressed. Because Pam and Dawn are different characters. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But the yeah, okay, you're right. But the the you know, Dawn is very repressed and like held mm. back. And so the beauty of Dawn is just seeing that her being able to be, you know, fun herself with Tim. Mm. Um but this, she just got to be like the comedic side of her that I loved in Wonder Woman, for instance, yes. and also it was just very much the, akin to that. Yeah. the massive heart of Dawn, and it was like oh. all of it was in there. I was like, ah, this isn't. I think this is. I think because Lucy Davis disappeared, right? Like mm. I haven't seen her. She was in the office, and then I of reme- the Dead, sure the Dead, yes, and then there was that like one episode of Black Books that she's in, and like honestly that and. I'm obviously haven't seen everything that's ever come out in the UK, but like to me, that was all of Lucy Davis, and then she showed up again in Wonder Woman. I was mm. like, "Oh, cool, Lucy Davis," and then this I was like, "Oh man, where have you been?" Yeah, I was missed you. Thing, I was
1: so excited to see her in Wonder Woman because she was in the trailer. I was like, oh, "Yes, it's gonna be great." And the lines that were in the trailer, I was like, "Bam, bam, bam, she's killing it."
0: And she's barely in that.
1: She's in she's, that film for like twenty minutes. She's in it for what the trailer showed me. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's a shame." Yeah. Um. So, to see kind of, I guess that almost that character that she was playing yeah. in Wonder Woman then like reiterated in this show and for long periods of time, Fleshed I was out. like, yeah, I was like, this is sweet. This is pretty cool. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Another just quick Harry Potter vibe as well. We talked about the school, obviously, being very Harry Potter, Hogwartsy mm. There's a bit of a, um re- the relationship that Sabrina has with her parents is a little bit like Harry's relationship yeah. with James and Lily as well. That's sort of like... Um, they're distant and yet sort of ever present and they're the, the myth or the, the echo of them. shadows of them are everywhere. Everywhere and mm. seem to keep informing them and yeah. in their sort of their journey. I thought that was kind of interesting as well. Um oh, one other thing I want to talk about before we move on. The mind collapse where everyone's showing up, the emergency services are showing up, sort of mm. shows off the really weird out-of-time aesthetic this show has. We're like
1: old timey ambulances and stuff.
0: Old timey ambulances, yeah. old timey fire truck, old timey nurse, mm-hmm. and yet they ha- they text each other and like have laptops and stuff like yeah. that. It's really weird. Parallel universe choice. Why yeah. was into it?
1: I think it's a smart choice to do that. Yeah, it yeah.
0: just it suits the. Um, it
1: displaces it, but it's familiar enough that you yeah you get it. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note.
0: A couple of little side notes. Mm. I was ready to write this show off in episode one. Really? Yeah. There's a bit um, where they're talking about Spree's potential familiars. And um, they point out like a couple of different things. And a hedgehog. That was not a fucking hedgehog, Zelda. And you should know better, Miranda Otto. That was Was definitely an (laughs) echidna. I was ropeable. They are so... One is a fucking marsupial. One is (laughs) no, a monotreme. Get it right.
1: Mm, Yeah, you showed them. (laughs)
0: Zero (laughs) stars. Uh, Also,
1: yeah, I think Miranda Otto does have final say on props, so (laughs) you should definitely shame her for that one.
0: Um, Bronson Pincott, I think is his name. surprised me to see him in this. Who's that? The uh, Principal um, Hawthorne. Did you recognize that actor?
1: Yeah, because he's from that show where he plays the foreign guy, right?
0: Balky Bato- moose from Stranger... A- uh, sorry, Perfect Strangers. From
1: Stranger Things. <laughs> from, Stranger Things. <laughs> from Stranger Things.
0: From Perfect Strangers. I was That's just like... It, yeah. I, speaking... We were talking about how Lucy Davis has not been mm. anything for ages. I have not seen him in anything except Perfect Strangers. You know
1: what he's great in? What? First Wives Club. He plays oh. the gay... Pretending to be foreign interior designer and he's fucking great in it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of love Brina as a cute nickname. I kind of put that down. in So, like my a- girlfriend
1: and I were talking about this. Here we go. And we were like, and we both agreed yeah. separately. Like, as if Brina would be the shorthand, the nickname for Sabrina.
0: What would the shorthand be?
1: It'd either be Brie. Brie's good. Brina. Nana.
0: Reena. Savvy. Nana. <laughs>
1: Sabby, no one is saying Brina. Oh, that's Brina. I liked Brina. It's fucking shit. It's shit. I loved it. Nah. Bree. Nana, Sabby. Nah. <laughs> I nah. like Nana, personally.
0: <laughs> Nana. Nana. Uh, <laughs> that's your next cat name.
1: Nana. Yeah, yeah probably.
0: Um, this
1: baby noises.
0: <laughs> in the Dream episode, I did also love the use of Dream A Little Dream Of Me, which is mm. one of my all-time favorite songs. They didn't use the cast version. Probably because it's super expensive, but uh, <laughs> but did love uh, the use of that as it well. was good. Do you yeah. have any side
1: notes? Just that I love the opening titles.
0: Mm, now, I like the imagery of the opening titles. The song is super forgettable. And like, I kept drawing- I literally
1: can't remember the song, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I kept
0: drawing Buffy parallels going, this needs a fucking good-
1: Like a badass.
0: Theme, yeah. yeah. Okay. it needs It needs a, not does have to be the same as Buffy, but it's missing that iconic-
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, it yeah, just, fair. It doesn't fair. have a good theme I just slightly, song. Yeah, I guess the graphics but of But the
0: imagery is cool. <laughs> Using the actual Chilling Adventures of Sabrina yeah. imagery from the comics. As soon as the- started, I was
1: like, ooh, I like the show.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, least favourite and favourite episodes. Damascus, was your least favourite
1: episode? I'm going to go with An Exorcism in Greendale. Um, I guess there was just a lot of Susie and Roz, but I also didn't really know them or care about them. I don't know, I just... I'd checked out. I'd
0: forgotten about that episode. There you go. There was a lot of (laughs) Susie and Roz, but
1: it wasn't. But not (laughs) interesting. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. What about
0: you? Uh, Least favorite is chapter ten, the witching hour. Mm. Um, The thirteen end up being both a where the hell did this come from and massive letdown, and. Yeah, ended the series in a weird way that sort of, for me, sabotaged the foundations of the show and lacks any real catharsis or satisfaction. I don't know. It just left me in like, a oh, that's how we ended this. It started so strong. Yeah. And the middle was fine that to not stick the landing was like, ah, you've let yourself down a bit here Mm -hmm. at the end. Yep. Uh, Favourite episode.
1: Great question. Let me scroll up. Here we go. (laughs) It's Chapter 5, Dreams in a Witch House. Because it felt like a Buffy episode. I think that's, like, why I liked it so much. And it was character exploration the whole time.
0: Character exploration. Gorgeous. It uh, The funny thing was, the reason that one, it did rate high for me, but mm. the it's sort of the meat and potatoes of it's in the first half, and then they sort of abandon the cool dream sequences to fight the demon, and the demon wasn't that cool or interesting or, like, I know it's sort of like the best stuff will happen in the first half of that for me. By the time you get through Zelda's dream, I was like, Eh, we're sort of running out of steam here a little bit.
1: Was that only halfway through the episode? It didn't
0: feel like it was that far. It, it, I just, I it was surprising how long it took for it to resolve after that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We'd been through all how four long of the-
1: episodes. There they are. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I just sort of kept going. I was like, "You've, you've, you've, you've missed your." Op- and then, and, and then, yeah, yeah, totally, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. Very much felt like a Buffy episode or a Doctor Who episode. Um and love it was kind of almost a bottle episode. There's a couple yeah. of dream sequences mm-hmm. at the school, but otherwise, it almost entirely takes place in that house. yeah. And um that was cool because it's a fun. great, great set that house. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, that's gorgeous. There was a part where I realized, like there was this amazing, like um, multicolored ceiling. Window thing. Yes,
1: there was. Mm-hmm.
0: And I was just like the just I I I was like I just kept getting little yeah. details about this house more and more. That what I, I love is love. like I
1: think it's on the stairwell. Like as you go down the stairs, like there is a tree that is a part of the wall that goes in between all the paintings on the wall. It's fucking cool set.
0: And there was a bit where Sabrina came home. I think it was after um, visiting Harvey when Tommy came back, and she mm. walks in, and the answer found out about it, and like. Zelda's at the top of the stairs and Hilda's at the bottom of the stairs and it was just like this really intimidating Mm -hmm. great use of the set like amazing very very cool and
1: beautifully lit
0: yeah yeah really beautifully lit as I said like there's so many like there's a lot of shade in there a lot of Mm -hmm. dark and light being mixed in and so on that OLED looks so good (laughs) Everyone get an LA, uh, LG OLED Everyone,
1: Broz just invited you to his house to watch his TV. Come round tomorrow night.
0: I bought a couple of four K. His address is. <laughs> oh, don't you dare! Uh, my favorite episode is Chapter Two: The Dark Baptism. Um, mm-hmm. That just Very I was one. really, really happy. Like I thought the first episode was fine. A couple of dorky moments that didn't sit great with me. Then that mine sequence happened, which mm-hmm. I thought was surprisingly dark and sexy and just pretty cool Mm, sexy and then the i said the party bit really worked for me from like a character point of view it sold the idea of the mortal world to me Mm -hmm. the dark baptism worked really well that mission statement that i you know my name is sabrina spellman i will not sign away and just like i felt the stakes i felt like this is a very solid foundation to build this show on i was like i'm in I want to see where this goes. So that was really, really cool. Uh, yeah, and the ending as well with the possessed principal Hawthorne, where, like, Satan... That, that's the bit as well. When it comes to, like, how this show ends, when that he's, was like... That
1: was terrifying It was me? so
0: good. Again, very yeah. Buffy, like, evil mm. principles. That's a Buffy yeah. tale as the as time. Yeah. But to have him sit there and talk about how, like, you know, this isn't a competition and, like, you, no I will have your safe. signature and yeah. mortal all mortal flesh must burn. And, like, yeah. it was so... And that's, again, why the ending, to have that such a massively intimidating moment with mm. Satan who possesses the principle to tell you how you're fucked mm. and then for her to sign the book at the end. I don't know. It just doesn't You know doesn't what's weird about me. that,
1: though, is that moment is so big and huge and you really understand the gravity of fighting fucking Satan. Yeah. And then for the rest of the season, he's not really doing much. Yeah. It's just kind of like... his
0: presence is really felt in like the duck baptism, Mm -hmm. right? Like I even really like the imagery. It could be so silly and it kind of is, but in a cool way of like the goat Satan. I love it. I love it too. If I
1: watched this as a kid... And little Damask Christian child, I would have shat my goddamn pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So scary. He's
0: great. And mm-hmm. when uh, Lilith is like kissing like his clothed, hoofed oh, feet yeah. as well, all of that stuff works yeah. for me.
1: Look, did I think about filming that scene? Yes, I did. And did I giggle a little bit? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, would
0: have been hilarious. But
1: Because <laughs> you just know those those hooves are on just, like sticks and like... And in turn is just like, klip-dy-klop, klip-dy-klop, <laughs> which is hilarious to but me.
0: that's again why I love <laughs> Michelle Gomez because she is up Sells-ish. for anything. Yep. She will sell that yeah. moment. It's so goofy. She's,
1: like, that's who you want to play that character. She's, the per- she's perfect yeah. casting.
0: And I actually wondered a little bit whether part of the reason the ending felt so unsatisfying to me because maybe Lilith wasn't meant to last this season. And then they're like, Michelle Gomez is too good in this role. We need to keep her around. And like instead of getting rid of her, have pushed her into the next season, which is going to be great to have her around, but maybe sold out the ending a little bit. It might
1: be like an Andy from Parks and Rec situation where, yeah, she was just on set and they're like, we need to keep this woman because she's Make in the season, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, predictions, hopes, concerns,
1: yes. So, I am certainly, certainly concerned that the show will go the way of Riverdale. Mm, um, yes, that's my That worry it'll too. get deeper and deeper into the events swirling around the characters rather than the characters themselves. Um, I'm worried that it will try to shove teen romance down our throats, like the Nick and Sabrina or whoever it might be in the future. Well, that's definitely happening. Um, when this show has such rich familial love to explore, I think like that's really the essence of this show is that matriarchal family. It's like mm-hmm. three women that and Ambrose. Ambrose? Ambrose? Yeah. They like, really love each other and care about each other and that is that is so much more interesting to me than the teen romance bullshit.
0: And that fucking school, which I think we're going to spend a lot of time uh, at that school. No, I don't
1: want to. Yeah. And I'm just worried that I have to watch 10 hours again. <laughs> What about you?
0: Um, I yeah. Uh, Concern wise, exactly what you said. Concern wise, it's that it could turn into Riverdale, and like yeah. if it becomes witchy high school drama, I'm out. That's not like again. Go back to that episode two mission statement. This is fucking Sabrina fighting Satan. Yeah. But with the the family that supports that's around her that's supporting her begrudgingly sometimes, but is ultimately there yeah. to be her backup. Make that the show. And if yes, you please. if you push away from that, you're missing out what makes the show special. Um, I'm interested to know where they go with Lilith. Is the idea they've set her up to be the new principal? Felt that way. Her reading yes, Principal Hawthorne at the end. I hope so. I like that idea. Just don't know how Sabrina's going to be involved there. Mm. But unless they're going to undo the signing of the Book of the Beast somehow, which maybe they are. Not
1: even undo it. Just defy it, maybe. You mm.
0: know? Um, Zelda and the Daughter of Blackwood. That's an interesting little moment for her at the end, where oh, like, right. she like took the, the daughter.
1: That's interesting choice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, interesting.
0: Yep. Uh, we talked about Mr. Cerberus's yellow eyes, mm-hmm. um, and Ambrose got a familiar. Um, definitely
1: a spy, but yeah,
0: definitely a spy, right? Yeah, yeah. Do we ever find-
1: Peter Sitch, I think.
0: Did we ever find out who the witch hunter was that was killing witches? You yeah, know, in the background, witches kept getting killed and coming because their families would show up. But the... Uh, I don't think we did. No, we didn't. Because no. I kept thinking it, it was, was Luke. It was
1: just the one, wasn't it?
0: I think there was two in the end, at least. Oh.
1: Uh, why would Luke be hunting his own At, at first,
0: I thought it was oh, Luke. Okay. Because I was like, this guy's just shut up out of nowhere. He's going to form a relationship mm. with a like a, a close character. and Yeah. Then...
1: Yeah. I mean, that would make sense.
0: But then I don't think that's the case anymore because he's also working for Blackwood. So...
1: Yes. Who knows? Who knows? But... That's a good point. I forgot about that plot line. Yeah,
0: I don't think the witch hunter thing came up. No, it didn't. Mm -mm. Yeah, that wasn't anything going on there. So, mysteries to be. I mean, the thing that I've realized now is this is kind of part two of season one. We're actually kind of just halfway through the season. I
1: think so, yeah.
0: Hopefully, that means season two will be a bit more satisfying and get us the answers we desire.
1: Mm, And deserve.
0: Deserve. Very (laughs) entitled of you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work come from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws, our theme song from Jordan Calabas, and our bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. Show notes. You can find uh, myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordas. That's B-G-O-R-D-E-S. Uh, tweeting and retweeting... A lot about the midterms um, in the US, also about Diablo fans being crybabies. If you know anything about um, video games, you'll know what I'm talking about there. Uh, that's about it. What about you, Damask?
1: You can find me at Maskymu, M A S K Y M O O, on both Twitter and Instagram. Today, not today. This week, I've been tweeting about Making a Murderer Part 2, which I've been binge watching. Mm-hmm. Great. uh Get into it. Not as good as the first season, but there's certainly stuff to explore there. And there's one character in particular that I've just fallen in love with. Yeah. So, so good um One and character yeah. i like that yeah <laughs> and well she is certainly a character sure. I'll tell you that. she's a real uh she seems like a southern woman i'm not sure if she is but she's got that kind of the gumption of a southern woman um sure. <laughs> and just the way she talks it's like half her face is frozen it's great
0: <laughs> we should carve out some time to talk about making murder yeah, a proper. i'm nearly we, done with it we'll, we'll yeah. find a spot
1: um and yeah, midterm stuff and no doubt I try to abuse Scott Morrison at least once a week. So.
0: Oh, Scott Morrison. What Boo. a freaking embarrassment. Yeah, he's a dickhead. I love- We almost have, need to have a separate little like after our end titles bit just to talk about Australian politics. Is it just Australian politics? Booing? Yeah. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> we yeah. just seem to end every episode with politics recently. Next episode, we'll be back to discuss Kidding Season 1. How are you feeling about that, Damask? Have you started watching Kidding at all?
1: Look, Jim Carrey is a personal hero of mine. Ooh. I love him so, so much. I, yeah, he's very special in my heart. So I'm a, I'm excited but nervous about what's to come. Sure.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm uh, like Jim Carrey, really like Michelle Gondry. Mm-hmm. I want to see what a Michelle Gondry TV show looks like. That yeah, is. It should be interesting. I like the trailer, really sold me on it. I was like, yep, this has got mm-hmm. kind of in the same way that the Maniac trailer sold me on that show. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it can live up to what it's selling. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now.
1: Bye.